0: Hi guys, welcome to Glitch in the Code hi guys welcome to glitch in the code here on iconic.com i'm here with a brand new guest it's ryan christian from the last american vagabond guys you'll know his work i would have thought by now um he's got a huge audience on youtube he's been doing this for a very very long time and some um his work is fantastic i was brought to his work many many years ago but really recently is his work um pointing out that um bill gates is still funding bills to being funded and the hue is being funded still by the US government through Gavi. Um, this was something I pointed out when I was in the hospital at the time we were with my partner and when we heard the news that, that, that Bill Gates was going to defund the World Health Organization, straight away I went, no he's not, he's just going to change the name on the cheque. And it, straight away I was like, I bet that happens. And I was waiting for this to happen. And your work was the first to come out and say, look, this has happened. And I was At least someone else has pointed it out because this is clearly how it works. Um, it's great to have you on, Ryan. Um, do you want to just introduce yourself to the audience, um, and then we'll we'll talk a bit about that? But there's so much more I want to talk about, especially the transhumanism and this mad, mental, backwards world we've suddenly found ourselves falling down into. And I want to get your take on how it felt to you, someone who know knew this was coming, and to see it play out before your very eyes. So, so I'll hand it over to you. Um, just just introduce yourself a bit.
1: Well, I'm the editor founder of Last American Vagabond, uh, which started quite a while ago, more than a decade now, and it's been. Uh, it started focused on cannabis law reform, something that I just had a passion about. I've always been very skeptical about, you know, just claims in general, um, which for a lot of people, as you, uh, you know, post 9/11, really kind of kicked this into gear more so in regard to you know the focus. But it's evolved since then into. Just anything that we feel we're being lied about, you know, whether that's political or any other way. And it's it's just really grown and, and expanded, bringing on new writers, and, and we have the channel. I personally, as as uh, as a researcher, writer, journalist, do my own show, The Daily Wrap-Up, which is on YouTube. Um, but I'm also the editor of the website itself and the content that goes through there. So it's really – and which was uh, – the Gabby article we'll get into was written by Derek Bros, and it's a fantastic piece of journalism. Um, yeah, and we'll definitely get into that because there's a lot to talk about there. But to, to your point, Mike. My take on this as it developed was, I think, like a lot of the people, yourself included, when this was coming, when, you know, we've been talking about this stuff, not as definitive, not, you know, there will be a virus and Bill Gates will do this. But we've been saying, look, this is a clear pattern over decades, if not longer of building the justification, you know, you can call it problem, reaction, solution, you know, the Hegelian dialectic concept. There's a lot of different discussions around it, but that they have been building and prepping us for certain things over a long period of time that we're now seeing brought to fruition. And so for someone like myself that's been going, look, they're building a technocratic future. Look, they're trying to surveil you at every possible turn. Look, they're removing your rights. To see it all kind of converge, James Corbett did a great talk about this, to see it all come together as one thing, was just almost kind of like, you know, it's one of those I like, told you so moments. But as I, ca- I cautioned everybody out there, that's the last thing we should be doing right now is saying, see, see, we were right. We need to be like, you know, yes, we've been showing you and here's why. But let me explain why it's so dangerous to you now. So it's just kind of one of those moments where, you know, sad and don't want to be right.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? We I've made a film called Pride for Panic, and, and it was with a lot of um, researchers. Um um, such as uh, well you not yourself but the researchers that do this at the time when this actually happened in the UK in the 23rd I was away making a film at the time and we, we covered it and we all found the researchers that although we knew this stuff was going to happen we were still almost like in a daydream and we're only just coming out of it the last maybe six weeks of actually now come on we've told you and then still people are still stubborn and it feels like there's that wedge of of the Karens in who don't want to believe it um but there is that feeling still with me of, a, of a, almost a still bit of shock do you how do you feel
1: yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's interesting. It's almost like you expect what we've seen before, right? It's this kind of, you know, they stick your toe in. Oh, they're not ready, you know, kind of thing. Where we see it, it happens. They pull back a little bit. There's a justification, and the th- and the system marches on. And all the people who are eager to take any justification, we're like, see, see, they explained it. We're good, right? At this case, that didn't happen. You know, it just keeps getting pushed further, a little bit further. And we all know this: the the boiling frog, the totalitarian tiptoe. That's what this is. We are slowly being turned up. Except I argue now. It's a little bit faster than they would normally do, and I think that's why people are so un- uncomfortable. And because, and I, I think it's because we're witnessing a sort of an endgame move here that they're pushing in, maybe before they were ready to do so. That's what it feels like. But I'm with you. I'm a little bit like, not surprised, but just a little shocked at the fact that it's being so clearly, it's it's taking place in such a clear fashion, flagrant, you know, right in front of your face, to the point where we're now at a at a point where we're going. Here's the science, right? Here's the actual evidence. Here's what they're doing. And they're going, that's fake news. I'm listening to this guy or this person, right? Whereas before it was more so like, well, here's this fringe discussion. That's conspiracy theory. You know, it's like the the mass discussion, for instance. We're looking at scientific studies that say one thing. I'm not telling you how to think, but how is that something that's being dismissed as fake news, right? So to your point, I'm just a little bit taken back at how willing people are to ignore what's right in front of them, which, again, has always been there, but to a really alarming degree
0: today. Yeah, that is probably the biggest thing with me. Um, it's so so blatant that they can't ignore it. They can't they can only push it away by coming up with the most absurd things possible and that comes back maybe loops back round to the Donald Trump and QAnon stuff for me is kind of the Very, very emotionally driven. Yeah, yeah, facts of feelings now. It's just all on feelings, isn't it? Um, and as you say, it is it, it the point now where it's so absurd. Why do you think... I've had this discussion and asked this question of many of the people on this podcast. Why are they speeding it up right now? Because it's gone from naught to 100. And they don't do this usually because they're terrified of waking people up. So they must feel mm. like an, an, such an urgency that they're willing to bet and gamble and throw all their chips in in the next few years because they really have. Why do you think that's happened? You know, it, it's hard. I, I can definitely give you my
1: thoughts. Those, this is definitely. Just be clear, it's definitely a hypothetical. You know, what I, my guess at what's going on. But you know, it, there's a couple ways you could look at it. I mean, there's a there's definitely like taking, for instance, the Q uh, the Q on discussion in this and how you know this is something that's based again on very emotional, you know, conjecture things that based on things that are completely unverifiable. But like most manipulations they're grasping onto something that there's some substance to it which i argue there probably is some kind of a divide here between government factions whether we're talking maybe the us government and foreign entities or divide within the government something like that and i think we see that every day i mean you go back to syria years and years ago we had instances where i think it was with the pentagon fighting uh cia like cia found, uh, funded extremists on the ground. So these are our own US government are fighting each other with their own funded extremists, you know, and you can see this kind of thing happening all the way through. So now that's one of the main things that I think that right now we're looking at a time where you have and this is Whitney Webb's done some great work on this. You have this kind of uh, world health organization, technocrat kind of driven angle. And then you kind of have this other side of, of this, you know, just old guard kind of essence, you know, where, where they're kind of battling on where they want this to go. Alternatively, I would argue maybe it's just simply that they're, we're at a point where we, we, people like us, have the ability through technology, through networks, through any number of things, decentralization, to reach people. I mean we are reaching people at a level that nobody's ever seen before and as much as it feels like we're in a really bad way and things are really bad you know to the point where you know we're like a step away from a dystopian future the only reason that's happening in my opinion is because they know that we're reaching people if they didn't care what we were doing they wouldn't care at all they wouldn't try to stop it they wouldn't censor it we're having an effect so and, and you know you could probably add on another thousand different possibilities but those two to me stand out to be the most obvious And this, I think, is why they're rushing this in now, because there's a time frame here that we don't see that I think they're under a gun. Like you said, people are waking up because they're going so quick and they don't usually do that. So I think it makes sense.
0: Yeah, there's something I came... I, I spoke to a guy called Neil Sanders, who's also a researcher, and it, especially in mind control. And I said to him, it seems to be, you've you pointed out there's two elements there battling against each other, the old guard and this technocratic coming in. Could it be, and i gotta get your thoughts on this, could it be that they're using the banking elite and maybe even above the Vatican, are using these two sides to fulfil... The prophecies that we talk about, these transhumanist prophecies, are all the same—a new type of person, a rapture, a coming Messiah. I, my, my, prof, my, my theory was that they're actually using these two against each other to just fulfill an end goal, and they don't really care who gets there as long as the end goal is fulfilled. And that's the Georgia Guidestones type way of the world.
1: Right, right. Well, and that—that's a very interesting, way and, and that's that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's again a hypothetical, but that goes in this angle of. Essentially, I would say, argue something like the Israeli government kind of entity driven to manipulate things, foreign entities. But we see a very clear issue with that in regard to the United States. We see a black, this BlackRock kind of overtake of the of the, the Fed and, and the Treasury, and and so you could argue the same way that these unelected power structure entities are don't care. You could say the same thing in regard to whether they're using the U.S. to do this or they end up using China or Russia. It's ultimately, they're not national, right? They, they are bigger than that. So to your point, there are a lot of these prophetic ideas about, you know, that a lot of them tie back to things in regard to, you know, the Israel-Palestinian dynamic, but ultimately, you could argue that that makes a lot of sense. That they're just trying to make the throw these things against each other, and all we do is fight against the other side instead of standing back and going, "That's actually the problem." Which is, you could argue, the two-party paradigm is kind of a microcosm of the same exact thing. You know, so that makes a lot of sense. Now, I, I do my best in a lot of ways to not dive into more of the, uh, you know. Whatever the prophetic ideas, not because they're not incredibly valid, but because for a lot of people out there, that just becomes something that makes them miss what is right in front of them. You know what I mean? And but it's definitely something we should look into. I mean, there's things even in regard to specifically the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, things like the Alaska Mosque and the ideas of what that means and the idea of it being destroyed. And these are all things that are very interestingly tied in with a lot of foreign policy. Now, that gets a little off the point, but I argue that our foreign policy in this country is very acutely tied with this COVID-19 agenda.
0: It really does seem that way. It seems like they are they are all moving along that way, but they're all being pushed together in, in one way, different factions played off against each other. Or clearly, if you look into the deep depth of it, where it's funded from, and it goes obviously above the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, the, the DuPonts and all of these rich families, it'll go above them. And if you're someone like David Icke and you're inclined to go off-world and into other dimensions, we really don't know. And I think people are right now going to have to expand their understanding of what it is. I had a, I spoke to someone today on Twitter and they were having a bit of a pop at me. I said, it looks like you're trying to look at the vista of everything through a toilet roll tube. That's the way you can see the world. Because if without the banking understanding, without the understanding of how the media works, without the understanding of who funded the Nazi party and the possibility of this as being the yes. Fourth Reich still here, you won't understand the plays and why we've got to wear a mask and why it will seem ludicrous to you unless you start to understand that the bigger picture, and I'm not saying I understand it, uh, clearly I don't, but I'm beginning to understand more and more that that this is a centuries-old thing being played out here And they're squeezing it at the moment. What is your take on this COVID? What happened? What do you think started this? Are you on board with it being a complete no problem reaction solution or a problem reaction solution or just a, oh, look, we've got an opportunity here. We're going to try and rush out as much of this transhumanist agenda as possible. What's your take on, on that situation?
1: Uh, in regard to how it started before before i get that i want to take one more point on what you said before in regard to the blackrock aspect and and the financial aspect and you're so incredibly right and that's something i really want people i'm sure your audience is you know for maybe my audience is listening that's an incredibly important thing to think about how this has been ongoing which is why people like us are constantly pointing to it that goes back all the way you know as far back as you want to go to these families rockefellers rothschilds and their influence on either side of this dynamic and how they use governments to achieve these goals very very important to this conversation Conversation. Now, in regard to how it started, I definitely feel there's a lot, a lot of evidence that suggests—and this is my my conclusion based on the evidence—but I'm not saying this is the fact. That it seems most likely that this was something. I do believe that there's something, but I'm open to the discussion of the the Kaufmans out there, the the exosomes, and how maybe we just don't fundamentally understand what these things are. But I feel like there's something, some kind of a viral aspect that's circulating that is ultimately. The product of some kind of manipulation, some kind of a bioweapon manipulation, something like that. Now, whether that was released, leaked, accidental, it kind of becomes irrelevant. Dr. Buttar, who I had on my show, said the same thing, that ultimately it doesn't matter where this started in regard – his point is it doesn't matter where it started. Ultimately, the U.S. government is at fault because it's their research, their funding, their drive, all of it. Right. Including to the Wuhan lab and everything else ties back to North Carolina University and on and on and on. So my ultimate take would be that this is something that was likely put out there, but maybe accidental. Either way, it was covered up and tried to put off onto China. Now, that's just a guess. Based on the idea and everything else, you could argue very clearly that we know it did not start where they said it did at that time in China. Right. That doesn't mean it still didn't come from China, that it still didn't start there. But we have evidence coming from Canada. That's saying that they have frozen waste samples from 2012, uh, finding COVID-19, or rather SARS-CoV-2, right? So this is 2012. But then we've got France, Spain, Japan, Taiwan. I mean, an unending list here of people that are saying 2019, September, October. So the point being that this is something that's clearly being manipulated. And I think the the objective there is to cover up the origin, which makes me feel very strongly that there's ties. I mean, the US government stood up and screamed that it was China a month into this. Mm. And how could they possibly have known that, right? And then we understand the Fort Detrick aspect, that this this is a location that's had, you know, in general, their program for biological manipulation in this country, in the US, they had three, uh, one leak every three days for seven years straight. The CDC openly acknowledged that. That's, that we're, we're talking Ebola, coronaviruses, right, specifically, and these are things that were, you know, and they acknowledge that. Then they had a leak around Fort Detrick months before this started where they closed it down. They said it was national security and it was a bio leak. Right. So why is that not relevant? And we have the cases around this area that were happening before we started that we saw the thing in China. They called it vaping issues, but they had the ground glass opacity in their lungs, which was supposedly very unique to COVID-19. There was also the nursing homes on the other side of Fort Detrick that had the same problem. They called that the common cold. I mean, how do you ignore such an incredibly obvious part of this? you know what i mean and then you have the world military games and so on but bottom line long answer to your question is i definitely think that there's some manipulation and a cover-up happening in regard to all of this right that's but it's hard to know for sure
0: so if with that in mind what could be so bad about coming out and saying yes this has happened we were trying these tests out and an accident happened why can't that be just a, a valid reason for this happening
1: that's a good question. I mean, for, I think it's clear if, if you had a genuine entity, someone that was not interested in trying to achieve a goal or they were just genuinely trying to do research and that happened and it got a lot of people sick and they came out and said, we made a mistake, even in that scenario where they had the best of intentions, there'd probably be consequences for that. I mean, you killed people died. So then you consider in a government scenario where they're making vaccines when really they're making bioweapons and then it leaks out, right? And then they, and then some, so there's an illegal act already. So the government at every sense is doing something that's against the law, even on their own terms. So there's no way they're going to come out and be like, whoops, we let that thing out, right? Cause that's going to make them look bad. But then even if they did say it was an accident, it still makes them look incompetent. It may, I mean, and that's something in particular, Donald Trump will just not abide, you know, especially with the election coming up, but that applies to Obama and Bush and anybody else too. So I would argue if that was the case, it was an accident. It was just because they were just – there's no way they're ever going to stand up and be like, we did this. But I also argue that the whole point maybe was to make it so they could blame China. right? Think about how this has has gone out. I mean think about all the effects from the tr- from the trade that's been happening in regard to their livestock and all the different things that have affected in China. This has been a very catastrophic issue for China, and it was right at a time when they were acknowledged as the number one – Focal point of the U.S. government. I mean, especially seeing things like SARS and MERS and going all the way back and having people like uh, Dr. Francis Boyle, the drafter of the U.S. Bio Warfare Act, openly saying that these things are bioweapons that were released on purpose. You know, so it's just there's a lot to take in here that people are choosing to ignore because one person in a government position says this is what's happening. That seems irrational to me.
0: And I think it all comes back to your points there. We talk about China, we talk about Russia, we talk about the US, we talk about um, Great Britain, which has got far more power than it should do for such a tiny, tiny slip of land. Um, And that goes all the way back to Rome and and being new Troy and all of these things when you can look back into the esoteric understandings of this. But again, it seems to me that these governments are branch managers for a global corporation. What is your take on understanding, uh, what's your understanding of how that structure works? Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: I mean I've always kind of felt that. I mean I, I say that in regard to the U, the US. These people are puppets. I mean whether they even realize it or not. It, it, the, the US – I mean any government for that matter. I've always felt this way. I personally find governments to be the problem. That's a little bit different. Ahead for a lot of people to, to think that we, you know, the idea that we need some kind of authority figure to tell us how to live our lives has become some norm in our society. But I definitely believe that all of these leaders for the most part, not all of them, because you can point out how there's plenty of leaders that are going, it's seemingly going against this agenda. But most of them are influenced by whatever we're talking about. I mean, whether you can just make it surface level and say the U.S. government is marching around the world and toppling governments and using them for their purposes, or you begin to see the larger network, the picture of other governments being involved or maybe even above that, which is your point, that there is a unelected power structure, right? This is what they've intentionally dumbed down today to almost mean like the Democrats in this country, you know, the deep state. And that's why they do that. But we, as we know, this is an unelected power structure, a shadow government, which you can see ties to all the way back to the Reagan administration where they set up their continuity of government and had a an actual live current a shadow government while he was president, which I guess just continued on. Right. So that's a secondary government. These are things they could talk about, like the intelligence communities and whatever. But. All of these governments, I think, are being overtaken, influenced by this larger structure, leading to a larger end goal, right? And this ties back to all of these things. This is something that – this is why people try to make the idea of these agendas from the Israeli government or the governments working with them seem racist, even though you're talking about a government, because what we're actually talking about is a stated purpose, of some kind of supremacist goal some kind of overtaking and controlling so it's world domination i mean just saying, saying that out loud just sounds silly but that's what these people are actively aiming toward you know and then you can get into the idea of of the whole you know the the vatican the washington dc the you know the, these different power structures around the world that seemingly work together for the same agendas yet they're not all controlled by the us government right you just the more you dig in you begin to see the actual control structure i would argue but that's hard for people to wrap their minds around especially when they're just stepping out of the mainstream media
0: yeah and that knowing what you know there and what you spoke about there colors everything that you see doesn't it so someone comes to you and says you've got to wear a mask you'll see it as a well that looks very fascist that looks in with that someone who doesn't know any of this who's watching the bbc itv channel 4 will go why not wear a mask What's the point? Why are you making such a big fuss? No different than a seatbelt. Terrible argument, by the way. Of course it's different than a seatbelt. You don't go 40 miles around a shopping centre and suddenly stop. It's it's madness. But when you see things, it's almost like when they talk about reading the, the biblical text and that you read things in a different way. You get taught to read things. So understanding the conspiracies and the conspiracy theories and the conspiracy way of seeing the world, it gives you a different understanding of reading information and data, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, how interesting is it that we are – this in and of itself is a clear example of social engineering. So if you ask anybody, do you believe that powerful people get together and discuss how to better their situation? Do you think that powerful people come together and try to work out plans to increase their fortunes, right? Of course they do. Okay, but then when we say, well, do you think these people here got together to try to plan a way to benefit off the situation? Well, that's just a conspiracy theory. It's like, where's the disconnect there? Mm. We're all, I mean, conspiracy is a legal charge. I mean, there's a, its nothing fake about it. People conspire. They come together to try to benefit themselves based on a situation. And in a lot of times it's quite nefarious at the expense of other people. So when you try to make it to into some kind of grander image, they've been taught that that's, I guess, impossible or illogical, but how many times have we seen that exact thing? You know, I mean, we could go off examples, I'm sure, forever, right? There's plenty of historical examples of the thing that they said, that's not true, and then it turned out to be a massive conspiracy. You know, so why is the disconnect there? You know, why don't people recognize that this is happening? I mean, people conspire all the time. I mean, right now we're talking about different, uh, I mean, we could point out a Republican and Democrat individual in this country, but Gavin Newsom is a real focal point right now where he is right now running by executive order. He's passing laws that have nothing to do with coronavirus, right? These people are actively coming together with their circles and saying, hey, how can we use this situation to benefit ourselves? That is a conspiracy, right? So people need to recognize that. It's very clear and it's happening right in front of you.
0: Yeah, and I think there is an element of not wanting to understand it. In the UK, the coronavirus Mm -hmm. bill got slipped through um, Parliament and for the House of Commons just got slipped under the door. And then you still get people say, well, that wouldn't happen. It's a democracy you've just seen hmm. it that the opposite happened and now you're denying the truth to yourself right. is there an element of i don't want to look at this because it's too big for me please just let me go back on the farm because i am um, i don't i can't compute it
1: yeah that's i mean that's a, the perfect analogy is the mass discussion then since, since you you mentioned that is that it's the same thing that i'm i mean I made the decision on my last show that this was, I mean, I'm just, I can't just keep banging my head against a wall and keep doing show after show about this because, I mean, the science, in my opinion, is astronomically clear. And, and the point is that you show them this. I mean, one of the most recent ones I did, I did a show that was like three hours long. I went over probably 40 different studies from eight, 1981 to 2020 from the NIH, from the CDC, all of them, finding that there is not enough evidence to suggest there's any reduction in transmission from medical, N95, cloth, anything. Now, I'm not even telling people you need to think a certain way. Why is that not relevant? Why is that not part of the discussion, right? And in this, and, and the ultimate idea is that they're telling us that this this they're, – they're just – they're basically saying this is the case. Masks don't work. Or, I mean, excuse me, the masks work and you have to wear them. And I stand up and go, well, here's the study from CDC from May 2020 that says that's not true. And I'm fake news, hmm. right? So it's, it, there's a disconnect there between the reality that they can stare at the studies. The most recent part of it was there, there was five studies, all from the NIH – from I think 2004 all the way to 2020, every single one of them found evidence of actual health effects of these masks. And this was before it was actually politicized. I think the 2004 one was like, okay, we have a, a different study we're doing and sometimes they have to run on the treadmill with a mask and we wanna find out whether that's dangerous for them. I mean, the fact that they would even ask that question shows <laughs> you that there's a validity to it, yeah. right? And so they do the study they find out, well, sure enough, low, low blood oxygen level, he has headaches, he's passing out, that's an NIH study, 2004 given. But then you can go to the one from 2020, find the exact same thing. And yet we have videos. I just saw one today. Be, uh, the New Yorker posted a video. Here's a doctor running a mile with a mask to show that it doesn't hurt you. It's like, so what? So you're going to give me this emotional article from a mainstream article saying, here's a guy who says something. Right? That's what that boils down to. Yeah, he's a doctor, but there's it's not a study. It's one person, right? Maybe he felt bad but didn't say anything. I mean, it doesn't matter. Here's the science. They don't care. No. It's
0: crazy. And, and you mentioned blood oxygen level there. Now that keeps popping up time and time again. And anything I'm looking into is blood ox- oxygen levels. We, from the research that we've just done, we've just finished a film called Unnatural. It's about 5G and, and um, EMF millimetre waves. Um, mm. And we know from the blood studies that 60 gigahertz affects the blood oxygen level in the body, which will make you get flu light symptoms, tired, and we're all exhausted all the time lethargic, and easy to manipulate. Now, it keeps coming back to blood oxygen levels. If you're popping a mask on, and it's affecting your blood oxygen levels, you're in 5G, or even 4G light, a wave, soup, is going to affect your blood oxygen levels. And I guarantee anyone listens to this, you will feel more knackered than you probably felt 10, 20 years ago. And that blood oxygen level is something that needs to keep an eye on, because to me, that's an attack on our immune system. And this keeps coming back to... Um, what I believe is the real purpose of all of this is an attack on the human immune system the human immune mm-hmm. system to me is makes a Superman we're superman we're, we're a super race and I believe that this other right these other elites don't have the same immune system as ourselves what that might sound completely out there but if you're inbreeding in bloodlines and you possibly were from a different type of race and there's a whole the ananarchy thing if you want to go further back. If do you believe there's a different type of person out there? oh my partner's got um she's got um she's got a recess negative blood, so we've just had a child um and um we found it harder because of the the bloods didn't mix. so there are other blood types out there. Do you believe there is another blood type race and possibly these bloodline leaks may be of a different blood type to us, and therefore the immune system is something they're very envious of. It's a big theory, but I just want to get your take on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, for me, that's something, I mean, th- you're right. And that this is a topic that people, this is the kind of stuff that I, like I was mentioning before, like, like de- very different topics, but the kind of thing that there's a lot of interesting things to look into. And there's a lot of research around this stuff that is, seemingly makes incredibly interesting points, but that people will reflexively ignore because that's just too many steps ahead of them when they're starting to wake up. You know what I mean? But there, there's something that, there's something around this topic that I, the specifically the Anunnaki discussion, I've watched incredible things on this. There is a lot of evidence to suggest that there is something else in regard to, I mean, I don't even understand why that would be such a taboo topic. I mean, the idea that there would be different variations, different, I mean, any way you could take that. Now, my personal opinion I'm very evidence-based in regard to my discussion, so I would say that I don't see that yet, and that's not my. I wouldn't say that's where my mind is at yet, but I'm open to these topics always. I mean, I think anybody who is not open to things that they have not – like things that they're maybe outside their usual discussion, that's just a form of ignorance. Now, like for instance, here's a good example. The the a long time ago I did a video in regard to the flat Earth make a discussion saying keep it was basically it was something about investigating flat Earth a, a, an exercise in keeping an open mind and the whole discussion was about not entering a, a, a discussion or a, a a research project with an already preconceived idea so if I go into it going well this is obviously fake but I'll look into it you're going to find out that it's fake because that's where your mind is at mm-hmm. the point is to look into these things with an open mind and be open to different possibilities I mean how many times throughout history have we been told something's a fact, common sense, and then years later we find out, oh we were totally wrong on that, you know, and then we change our mind. You know, so things like this are interesting and i argue this specific topic will become more relevant as as we progress as a species, as we progress on the path that we're on right now in fact. You know, this technocratic revolution. So, I, that that's an interesting thing, but evidence-wise i would have to say i'm not sure i'm in the middle.
0: Yeah, no, I'm the same as you. I I like to look into these things and I'm open-minded to it all and it fascinates me and it makes me feel like at least there's some fascination in the world. So I get kind of real pleasure from looking into these things and if that's all I ever get, I'm happy with that. It's amazing. But this brings me back to what seems to be happening. Bill Gates connected to the eugenics. Um Planned Parenthood. His dad was head of Planned Parenthood. Um we know that they're a eugenics family. I mean they're I think they're cousins of the Rockefellers, if I'm if I'm right. There's a cousin connection between Bill Gates and the Rockefellers there. There is a genetic um eugenics culling of the world thing going on here. So um, what is your take on why eugenics is so important? And then we go back to the Third Reich Nazis and Jim Mars said in his incredible book, The Fourth Reich, they never went away. They went into big business and they went into big pharma. They went into big tech. And that, to me, hits a nail on the head. I feel like they're coming out of the shadows now. Um, I feel like they've always been there. The, the Germ- Germans were defeated at the end of World War II. The Nazi party was never defeated. They were imp- They were brought in and spread out. What's your take on that that theory that we could be seeing? Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go on that. I mean, the the Rockefeller thing is really interesting because that's a great point to make, and that few people know is that first of all, the Rockefeller family, John D. Rockefeller in general, these are hardcore eugenicists, right? These are this is open, right? The idea that there's a superior uh, species, race, you know, society, group, whatever you want to look at, and this is the idea, and you could decide that based on characteristics of a person. And that's crazy. I mean, really, really at the end of the day, this is a supremacist mentality and that that's that's of common practice. And we find this connection to the Gates mentality, the Gates circle. You could argue that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they believe. But then you look at the the actions that they're taking today, you know, the focus on contraceptives, the focus on on any of these kind of ideas that are not actually making, for instance, in Africa. Why aren't you, you know, as opposed to bringing fresh food and water and and, and infrastructure, here's here's condoms and and vaccines and you know these things that have been shown to increase to decrease the population and by the way that's something that is a stated purpose of the G- bill gates and these different mentalities you know people argue he doesn't mean to kill people but how else do you look at that if your stated purpose is to drop the population either way you're doing it that's a eugenics mentality i mean this is the whole thing and so this all circles back to the same idea that these are now exactly where they're doing it exactly the same mindset, and the plan. And for your point, the idea that it crossed over and really never went away is incredibly relevant to that. And you can look at things like you, I think you briefly mentioned before, like project paperclip, you know, these different ideas where the, these Nazi element was brought in to the inner circle. Now you could argue that's because they had something that they could use, but you could also argue that there's a, a level of infiltration there and influence, you know, I mean, you could even go more current, the things like uh the the Epstein blackmail sexual network kind of idea. And I've often pointed this out, the same kind of idea you're you're not talking about there, but you go back to say like the Prohibition era, you can clearly make you can clearly see a transition in the same kind of idea where they went from being more mafioso criminal mentality to maybe actually Transitioning into the government themselves. You know, and this could this is the same kind of idea where you see this transition over. And now how I mean, how difficult will it be for these people to actually start conducting themselves as if they were the government? I mean, it's not that difficult. Right. And we can see these governments today are pretty damn criminal, right? Their actions if, if this if this was a mafia group, a mob group, and you know, the US government and their actions or whatever government you would look at, and they weren't a government. And they were doing things like the governments are doing, marching over and, and overthrowing countries, murdering people and stealing their resources, saying, hey, you got to pay us or we're going to come over there and make things tough for you, right? These kind of ideas, assassinating people because they don't like them. They would, this is a criminal organization. But because you're put under the auspices of government and fighting for freedom, it suddenly becomes okay. Now, when you look at it in that way, you can see very clear correlations, connections, similarities between what they're doing now and the kind of mentality you saw all the way back then. You know that we're superior, that we're better, that we need to remove this entity because it's making all of us worse, right? That time, think about what they're saying about Iran and about all of it. Palestinians. I mean, it's
0: it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah. There is an element in there. One of the things that popped into my mind is is biometrics, um, nano nano chips, Mm -hmm. Um, and getting your biometrics out. We know Bill Gates has already got a patent on a basically rat, rat in a wheel using your biometrics to power um cities it's it's madness and guys this is true he's patent to this this idea if not the technology already um to me if you if you and try and connect the eugenics to the biometrics is there an element of the biometrics of looking at people and feel it's trying to find a certain source within the people that they want to keep around or eradicate. So they know through your DNA and your biometrics, literally whether you are a worthy or useful person to themselves. What was your take on on that concept and that theory or idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I would even argue that's much of a theory. I mean, that's very clear. I mean, look at look at what what is biometrics, right? I mean, you can even see the images where it takes the different points on your face. You know, it becomes like a, a an angular kind of graph of your face. I mean, that's exactly what this. You remember the old pin things they put on your head and they, you know, put your on your lobes and they, they, oh, well, your head's too wide. So you're stupid, right? I mean, that's, that, that's basically what it boiled down to. And it, you could argue that what they're doing with this is the same idea where your biometrics are now electronically being gauged and finding out, oh, well, look, these people have certain characteristics. And then they cross reference that with what you're posting on social media and your beliefs and what you things you've expressed before. And now suddenly they got a clear picture that you are an undesirable Right. However they want to look at it today, whether it's because of breeding or maybe because of, you know, however there's any ways you could take it. But that's what is happening. Right. We talk about certain things. So we're conspiracy theorists, which means we're not to be trusted. Right. And it's the same kind of idea. And then we've seen articles coming out about people talking about anything, COVID-19 masks and saying, well, if they challenge the World Health Organization, we're finding that that means they're most likely psychopathic and they're willing to actually make people sick because. This crazy grasping research, if you want to call it that. And so the idea is that they're making this connection between beliefs, actions, and then, you know, your standing in a society in regard to, you know, eugenics. That's what it is. So it's a great point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's who it's culling, it's making almost like a, a bi. Uh an algorithmic list of who's useful to them and who's Mm. not in the future to me even down to the fact that if you wear a mask you don't wear a mask you you, they can tell you if you're useful and iris scanning people is not the same as retina scanning by the way so if you look into iris scanning saying you've got to take the ball the eyeball out and get that close well retina scanning can do it from a very very long way away so that is going to give them less data points to be confused by if they can do it there so retina scan is something to people to look into um they're making lists. They're making lists of people who are willing to grasp on their neighbours. All these phone numbers of who would you ring up and tell so-and-so's been out too much. It's all data for them to see who will behave in a certain way and who won't. And therefore, there's your list at the end to call people. There's your list to do what. Well, what confuses me or confuses me the big question is me is what they're going to do with the ones that refuse to have the vaccines because there's a large percentage of people that are going not going to have the vaccines and things like expose bill gates 2 which is in in a couple of weeks time I think it's august the 8th uh, highlighting the fact that if you <laughs> you, you don't get a, get a um, vaccine from bill gates or his company i mean it it's nonsense if regardless if you believe in vaccines or not you, you don't go to him for one it's it's he's a eugenicist so what is going to set what that set? What do you see that separation as? Is it going to be like a brave new world separation? Some people living off grid, some people living in the cities. If they have vaccines and they have not vaccines, how do you see that separating?
1: Right there at the end, that's that's I mean. That is the the most. I mean, right now we're seeing a divide between you know mask no mask kind of thing. Which it's 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 always ridiculous how we scream about the two party paradigm and they say oh that's ridiculous. There's so many opinions and choices, and then everything we do boils down to two things. I mean, it's so clear mask no mask right? There's no nuance. It's either you're hate them or you're anti vax or vax. You know, and that's what they're always doing. They're pushing us into that divide, and it's the same way that it's gonna end up being you know you're you're the undesirables, the unvaxed. You know, you're gonna you're risking everybody, and so. I mean, it's it's a logical thing to think. Who knows where it's actually going to go? But if you extrapolate the, the actions that have been done and, the, and the, the intentions around this, you could very clearly see an actual like divided society where it's like, well, we're acknowledging that you guys are a risk to us. So it then is logical to assume that they'll say, well, we have to separate all of you if you're refusing to get a vaccine. Or at the very least, you'll be separated because you won't be able to go in all these places that we are able to go in. So they'll naturally segregate themselves. You know what I'm saying? And this is, this is it's they're creating exactly what you're talking about. And it's, they can act like, well, we didn't do it, we offered them the vaccine. Right. It's, it's it's a it's a way of creating the same thing instead of them rounding people up and putting them in areas, allowing them to think it's their choice when really they're creating a situation where they don't have any choice, which is the point. And I like that you mentioned the idea of rounding people up, because this is something that uh it, it, the same thing going back to Reagan and the continuity of government. This was a documented plan. And right now I'm blanking on the actual name for this list. I have art, we have articles on The Last American Vagabond, but. During their continuity of government planning, they had a list documented of hundreds of thousands of Americans. I mean, I think at that point it was even millions who were considered the people that would be grabbed if we were in a situation where, so to be clear, the continuity of government plan is what would be enacted if they were in fear that they, they would lose control over the country, right? They have to continue to maintain continuity of the government. That's what it's about. And so on that, they would say, and they're in that position where they have to lock down and hide They would say, here's the list of all the people that are most dangerous to us, and it's all the people that are challenging the government, all the people like us that are standing up and going, well, you should be able to think for yourself. So right now – they had a list back then, millions of people. Imagine what it's like now, right? People like us that are willing to say, hey, you you shouldn't be doing this or you should be questioning this narrative. If they got to that point, that would be the case because they would – I mean think about the things that they've done now that are only justifiable, if you want to use that word, because of fear and coronavirus. Things that would have never been able to just happen without some kind of process. You know, same thing. We're in danger. The government's about to end. Everyone gets rounded up that are speaking the truth. Scary times.
0: It's scary times to be talking about this stuff. And and I mean, I work with David Icke quite a lot. You can't get much bigger names than, than David Icke. And then these guys over here, you've got Alex Joneses, and, and then all of us guys that are kind of doing the stuff on the day to day that not not um I mean you've got a very, very big following and some guys out there that like We Are changed Dan Dix have done incredible work through the years and they they're getting chucked off the social media. But that was always going to happen, wasn't it? That was never really a big shock to me. I said to Jay at Iconic when we built Iconic and launched it in November, you need your own server because come early next year you're gonna get chucked off Vimeo where you're keeping all your videos and exactly the same thing happened. Um how do you see the future of your own work and what you're doing? And where do you see, are you looking for a new home for your work? Are you thinking of going out in into the world, physically doing it, writing books? How do you see getting your message and your ideas and your concepts out once the YouTube call comes completely, which I feel like we probably all realize it's coming?
1: Yeah, I def- I mean, I'm at, I I'm at a point where I feel like it's right around the corner. I'm getting videos knocked down and censored every other day, it seems like my direction at this point is to keep doing what i'm doing. I mean right now i i'm not only focused on youtube. The, the thing is a lot of people who only watch on youtube, they see it on youtube and they feel that they just kind of i guess make the decision that that's the only thing i'm doing. When in reality, everything i do when i'm streaming is streaming to five, six or seven different platforms mm-hmm. at that moment. So youtube is only one of them. Yes, it happens to be the place where most people are, which is why we still do that, you know, is to reach the lost people. Otherwise, what are we doing? But I'm gonna to continue to do what I'm doing. I'm gonna to continue to broadcast wherever is available, whether that ends up being one, two, three, you know, radio podcast, you know whatever it ends up being, I'll continue doing this show. Now, on the note of you know w- when this gets the, the hammer drops, I'm gonna the only thing I'm gonna say right now because I can't get into too much detail is that right now I'm involved in working on something. That is another kind of, you know, alternative, if you will. So you know, it's great to see things like iconic.com, which I'm, you know, hopefully I can get involved in as well. Yeah. But there are new things that are coming and things just like your platform, then that's that's the solution, right? We should be leaning into these alternative platforms. And by the way, that doesn't even mean just go to iconic.com and nowhere else, right? Go to iconic.com, go to DLive, go to Rockfin, go to these new places, use them and branch out everywhere. Get to the point to where YouTube is is it's another platform. Right? It's not the place. It's just another one. And the moment that they drop off because they're censoring and they're pushing mainstream media, well, we have a thousand other platforms that we're all using. That's what we need to do, right? So my point in saying that is that there's something else I'll be talking about in the, probably in the next so many weeks, months, but it's it's something that we should be focusing on, alternatives
0: that's fantastic to hear as well i mean that's why we started this in the first place was well, two reasons to keep david's work going keep david's message going because obviously he's getting older he can't tour now with all this nonsense he can tour but he's there'll be a point where he can't and he doesn't want to and he's older um but also so to keep that information going bring up a next generation and with media with video and high video quality productions netflix film production with Mm. this sort of information um but also do you are you concerned my only concern is we'll end up in an echo chamber of just talking to Mm. each other and sharing information and almost you'll end up with a brave new world situation again you'll have your technocrat everybody living in the system believing that one version of the truth the bible truth their gospel truth and then we'll be over here with our truth and really it's about sharing isn't it um, right. Do you do you see a, the, an issue coming there with an echo chamber of our own information?
1: I think that's always an issue. That's an omnipresent issue, right? I mean, that's all. That no matter where you are, there always is the developing issue of whether or not you're open to other perspectives. And I think that's where people like you and you know are o- we're open to that, right? We are open to other people's perspectives, even if we disagree with them. So I would argue the solution to that is to make sure that plat- whatever platform we're talking about. If, you know, in control of it, a sense, from your angle or somebody else's to allow other people who are challenging what you believe to be the truth, as long as they're doing it in a in a uh, uh, um, uh, constructive way. You know, so they're coming on. They're saying, well, here's my take. You know, I believe this is what's happening. I believe you should be wearing a mask and here's why I'll lay it out or whatever it is. And as long as you're doing it and they're and they're backing up their claims and they're making their statements, I mean, that it needs to be open. Right. Because that is how you fight it. More 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 speech, not less, right? I mean, we all know this. We've always known this. We're just being manipulated by people in power today. And the sad thing about the two- party paradigm is it allows people it it makes them want to go along with things that they probably know may not be incredibly accurate because it it's a win for their side. It's a game, right? We are it's the bread and circuses of the you know 2020. I mean that's what it is. So we just need to fight past that. We need to be willing to acknowledge that we can be wrong and open to other perspectives.
0: Is there an element of what you do and what I do? Of um, We kind of got to the point now we don't need people to tell us what to do and tell us the truth. We'll make up our own mind. But there seems to be this whole kind of fostering since the day we arrived on this planet of needing a parental figure to tell us what to do. And mm. it seems to be right now that the biggest hurdle in my mind is for people that aren't sovereign to start taking care of themselves and making their own Minds up and stop looking outward for information, even from us. Take it all in and then decide. But especially if someone's got nefarious connections, start becoming more sovereign, more solid in yourself and find your own path. Um, I can see the, the the poster behind you at the back there, and I'm, I'm sure it's something that you understand if you're walking your own path down there, and that's something you've always done. Um, thus, the name. I think. What is your take on that That need to be sovereign and self-strength st- coming from yourself? It seems to be lost. Everyone's looking for everyone else to tell them what to do and where to go and what to believe and what to think. and um, And that's the mess we're in.
1: Yeah, It's the savior complex. I mean, and this is another aspect of social social engineering is that people have been convinced over a really long time. And I argue that dates back before the United States or it just has to do with anybody in power trying to convince their subservience that they need that power to be able to exist, which is just a fallacy. And it's always been a fallacy. You know, I mean, one of the core tenets of freedom, liberty, self-responsibility. We need to be able to own our own choices and then own the consequences of those choices and not blame people around us, which is the that's the only thing it seems our governments can do today when they make a mistake. Well, that was because of China or Russia or blah, 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 you know, own your real leaders own their choices and their consequences of those choices, you know. And so when we get to this point where we're in this situation now, you need to not look to somebody above you to tell you what to think. You know, now is the most important time in the history of, of the planet, it would seem, to actually think for yourself. And the same with the science discussion. You know, don't go to an article that says, here's what the science says. Go look at the science. You know what I mean? Like I said the other day, they're dribbling things out for us to look at. You don't need them. We don't need them anymore. Go to it, right? I mean, that's the thing people don't understand about mainstream media today is they're just pumping out things they're getting from Reuters, mm-hmm. from AP, from Associated Press. You know, you as an individual out there can have exactly the same access and the time that they do to the information flow. You know, so what we need to do is take that responsibility in ourselves, realize that it may take a little more work.
0: But that's what the cost is. Right. Self, self-responsibility. It's important. It's really important. It seems like we're at a, gro- we're in a, a point where we we're challenged with growing, growing up very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, and we've got abusive parents. And people still don't want to see I think on a mass scale, probably less than before that mummy and daddy are abusive and have' been abusive for a long time. It's a hard thing to swallow that you've been abused all your life, isn't it and then it's a scary thing to say, how do I stop the abuse and then what is left if I'm not an abu- if I'm not being abused abused if i'm and there's the whole victim complex, isn't there um
1: yeah. Where, That's really interesting. The cult, I've talked about that before, the the idea of like a cult, you know, we've seen this on movies and whatever else on, you know, real, you know, Dateline or whatever, that somebody on a cult, you know, is it will actually fight to the death to defend their captor because they're so brainwashed. And finally, you know, years later, they come around and go, wow, I I can't believe I was doing that. Like that person was abusing me, you know, and this is a state we're in right now. And you're right. I mean, why do we think that we need some higher power? To tell us, and in this regard, I'm talking about a government, right? Why do we need an authority figure to tell us what we need to do? There's no logical reason for it. The actually only thing that we say is well, because there'd be chaos without it. Now, why do we think that, right? What chaos do we see around the world? Can we all agree that most of that chaos is stemming from government actions? Mm. I think that's pretty clear. So it only adds another layer of danger. They can't remove danger from your life as much as they want that to be the case. Just give us a little more of your freedom and we'll make sure it's safe for you, right? Does anybody feel that's ever been the case? I mean, the more they do that, the more we see, you know, just a larger problem from their end. And then you have less freedom to boot. You know, I think we should realize that it's always coming down to your actions. The illusion is that you need their authority to function. You simply do not.
0: So where do you see this going in the next two years? I mean, if I'd have spoke to you this time last year and we, we mapped this out where we are now, we would have laughed about it and we would have gone. We would have knew it was possibly coming, but not in this way, not in this way, shape or form. I don't think either of us would have guessed that we would be here 12 months' time. Where do you see us in 12 months' time? Um, Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look good, but it, it possibly could we find some... There is a an opportunity here as well, isn't there? Yeah.
1: I mean, th- that's a good way to put it. And that's always what I try to, you know, try to give it a little bit of a, a silver lining here is that the only reason we're in such a dangerous way, like I said before, is because we're able to actually accomplish something right now if we would just see past the illusion in front of us. And I mean that with the two party in particular, you know, if we can just realize that we are not the problem, but that the person fight making us fight is ourselves, that's the, the entity making us fight ourselves. That's the real problem. Right. And that's the opportunity here is we need to stand back and realize that we have been fooled this whole time. I mean, to your point before that, I feel like I may have missed a cue on in regard to the Gavi World Health Organization discussion, because I didn't want to include that. This is what this does. Right. We can see the fact that there's a very clear train of money going to the very group that Donald Trump says that he is not helping or that he feels China has influenced. Very, very clear. And yet they're, one of the sides of this party's paradigm refuses to look at it because they're so invested in the agendas of this side. You know, the idea is that the World Health Organization was being funded, number one, by Donald by by the United States government, and this at this point, he's the president. And, and this is something that's been going on for a long time. Now, the argument is, well, because China and everything else, that we need to pull back. So he says he pulls back, you know, 300-something million of it, which, by the way, is still there. It goes on until next year. But then a few months before that, People are ignoring the fact that he openly endorsed Gavi, which is the Global Vaccine Alliance, openly, and then the USAID echoed that and gave them over a billion dollars. Now, the USAID is directly under the State Department, so no way you can pretend that's not directly influenced by Trump's administration. But on top of that... They gave them two different groupings of money directly from the administration. Kelly Craft, they stand up and they say, oh, here's $500 million, you know, because we believe or whatever they said in that meeting. And then there was another one for $700 million. That's directly from their administration. The point being, like you said before, the funding is just simply going right back to who because Gates and Gavi are number one and number two now of the funding of World Health Organization. So the two-party paradigm stops people from being able to recognize that it's the very same entity – Donald Trump's not on some other side here. He's openly advocating for vaccines, hiring people like Monsef Salawi to be a vaccines are, even though he comes from GlaxoSmithKline and has money invested in Moderna. I mean, everything about this direction shows you what his intentions are. You could at the very best argue that he just doesn't realize it, but that just makes him an incompetent fool. I mean, however you want to look at it. But the point is that until we can see past that two party paradigm, the divide, things like this will continue because we'll be shouting that you don't see the truth. No, you don't see the truth. And it all keeps going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's depressing, but it's yeah. possible, like you said. Yeah, possible. it's called triangulation. It's it's the guy at the middle there telling Barbara that Barb that Ken said something about him, and going over to Ken saying Barbara said something about you, and watching all the carnage go off. And in the meantime, they're nicking all the cutlery and the TV out the back out the house and running off the, out the back out the back garden. That's what's happened. Is triangulation, as you say um gavi was a subsidiary it was started by the by the gates foundation um and also they're connected to astrazeneca um, astrazeneca if you want to call it that um, in, which is connected to imperial college and i mean even imperial college collected the data from nasa's um exploration of uh, saturn i mean it's bizarre when you start to look and then it goes into satanism and saturnism um donald trump and the, the trump administration are funding the, the world health organization even blatantly until as you say it still goes on to next year so it's gonna cover the vaccine even if they cut it off dry it still cover the rollout of the vaccines anyway but they're not even doing that they're just they've just put it round a, a different way so now the government are sending the money to to gavi and gavi are funding who i mean it's it's nonsense and it's so blatant and i've tried to explain it to people who are very pro-trump and this QAnon thing and they won't have it and they, they grasp onto the smallest thing, like um, Robert F. Kennedy saying that he got some tweet wrong, wrong way around. Like he said that he got it wrong way around in the tweet, but he didn't say that that he's not funding them. He's saying he got some of the specifics yeah. wrong. Um, I actually
1: I actually think that that was a, a lot of pressure. I think that there's a lot. I mean, I was a little disappointed by that response only I because too. I I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of, of uh, whether you want to say anti-vax or just open to, you know, nuance within the discussion who support. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy for obvious reasons, but are who also very strong Trump supporters. So he got a huge pushback from that. And so I think he was a little bit swayed by that. But at the end of the day, I did multiple videos as well as as Derek walking through the basic things that they were claiming weren't accurate. And it's it's I mean, it's it's fundamental. It's very clear to see. I mean, think about the fact that it was went from what, 300 something million to now well over two billion. That is going to World Health Organization, whether through Bill Gates and Gavi or not. So it's just it's a it's a it's a bait and switch, which was what they took issue with was the title I chose for that bait. And, because that's what it was. I mean, whether it happened right afterward or not, or that Trump did it himself, the title is 100 percent accurate. So it's just frustrating. But even people like that can be swayed by
0: politics. It was absolutely spot on. Um, and when I read it, bait and switch, and I saw your article and I was like, thank God someone else has got this, because that's exactly the words I used to my partner when we come out of the hospital that night. I said, he's, he's going to bait them and he's going to switch. And it's exactly the same words that I used. And I was really relieved. And I shared it on davidite.com because I do a lot of work for him during the week. So i has been sharing some of your videos out there as well. Um, so what do you think, um, really, what is your take on this QAnon thing? What is it? what does this come from is this something that started up or is it something that's just that's being controlled or is it just an internet sensation thing i mean i don't even i all i know that was there's someone in the crowd holding a sign with q on it and that's all i know where where it started what is your take on what is this about is
1: well it's it's really interesting, and, and it's been a long time. I've been following this since the moment it started. Um, this started, you know, Follow the White Rabbit, and this whole, there was a person named April Lejeune that was doing this really early on, and it just kind of disappeared for some reason. But it's always, from the very beginning, been based on, I mean, I was open to, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm open to anything. I'm open to consider and entertain anything until I can see one way or the other that I feel like it's, you know, valid or not. And so we were following this, and well, this looks interesting, and who knows? Maybe there's someone in the government who's leaking things out. And, and you know, which was well, not exactly how it started, but then it became this very clear queue board and the different leaks and drops and everything. And in the beginning, it was very anti-establishment, very challenged the government that, you know, two party, none of it matters. Right. And so everyone's going, OK, well, this seems interesting. Like we can we if we all can agree that it's neither party, then this could be positive. And then there was a very, very clear deviation into very hardcore Republican pro-Trump and it was just so obvious that it was also a bait and switch. I mean, this was another way to get people interested and then push them into a very clear position that it might as well have been before Trump got elected. I mean, you're right back in the two party paradigm, right back in the savior complex. I saw hardcore libertarians who were, I mean, aggressively against everything that we would talk about, who were are now – one Republican, MAGA, hardcore people that are fighting for, you know, Guantanamo's good again, and we should be removing rights because Trump says, and it's like, you guys were libertarians like years ago. It's just so, it's depressing. But the point is that QAnon, I think, ultimately was created, whether it was genuine or not. I mean, I'm still kind of on the fence about that in the beginning, about whether it started as something real and was hijacked or not. Either way, it has amounted to another another agenda that drives people to what? Trust the government. Just like we're seeing on the other side. Now, people – I've seen some people attack this as being um, a lazy comparison, but I actually don't think so in regard to wh- wh- how I'm going to make it here in regard to Russiagate and QAnon. Now, I think the one, they're very different things, but you'll notice they came up at the same time, right? They both started around 2016, Trump and all this different – you know why I think? Because there was a huge anti-establishment mentality at that point. And they needed to work them back into the system somehow. So they gave the right QAnon. They gave the left Russiagate. Now, what do what do they both objectively do? They drive them to trust at least a part of the government. On QAnon side, you have them trusting the White Hats, right? And it's all the Republican Democrats on this side. They're the bad guys. On the other side, you've got them trusting the intelligence community because Trump is a Russian asset. Right. So either way, you've got them simply trusting the government and it drives them back. And now we're seeing them basically meeting behind, you know, the extreme left and extreme right or basically meeting in the back. They're basically gone to the same point, you know, and whether they feel like they're arguing with each other, both trying to get you to trust the government. You know, and that's what's so crazy and alarming about it is we're finding ourselves in a position now where, as you've clearly seen, you've got people on both sides, Russiagate and QAnon, who are willfully ignoring things that aggressively challenge their entire sentiment and they just don't care. Right. And that's, that's the real problem. But I think you asked another question there and I might've missed it in my I think That's a
0: great, great answer because it pulls them back into the game. And as long as you're in the game, you're playing by their rules regardless of which side you are. And I explain it this way is it's like managing, um, managing Manchester City football club and Manchester City reserves. And if they play each other, you still win because you manage both teams. It doesn't really matter. And therefore, leapfrog the government and even the individual governments around the world and look into finances who finances these governments we know they're the banking families and then look into where they're coming from you've got Sabatee and frankism you've got the um, Bavarian Illuminati. It goes really, really into esoteric teachings, and that's what they need to people need to look past. The government is a, it's a shit show, quite frankly, and that's what it is. But while they got people in the theatre watching the show, they can bring new characters in and out, in and out. But as long as the the audience turn up, they'll keep running the same plays. Then the audience need you know, to leave, just leave the theatre. Yeah.
1: I had a, uh, I forget who I saw this from, but it's a very, a very, g- the great way to look at this is that in any circumstance, Q and on or otherwise, if they get you asking the wrong questions, they really don't care what answers you find, right? So if you're operating within a false paradigm and you're and you're trying to seek out these answers and you put things together and suddenly this diagram makes oh my god it's all put it all comes together you know if you're starting from a false place those are false answers it doesn't really matter so that's what Q and all these things are. So you need, to, if, you, know, you need to broaden yourself for those out there. But the problem is it's like any other manipulation. They don't want to hear that. But hopefully, I think that's what we do, right? If, you, if As I say every day, if we can just reach one more person, just mm. one more person is going, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I should ask, you know, that's – I think we did our job.
0: Did you, did, I can't remember. Who were the ones that wore the masks a few years back? I, forgot, I keep forgetting the name of that. Oh, uh, Anonymous. Anonymous. Do you think that was the same sort of play? I don't. I don't actually.
1: Anonymous is still around. I mean, it's a very it's a very different thing. And that's why I don't think it's the same, because there was never I mean, there is, I a, a, a guess, a kind of a quasi structure. I've never been really in- immersed in it. So I'm not going to speak as you know that I'm super educated on it. I'm sure Anonymous people that I, are friends of mine are probably mad that I'm <laughs> misrepresenting it. But it's it's something that was never really like here's a leader and here's the group. People are popping up all over the place as long. That's why it says we are Legion. We are you know, they're everywhere. You don't need to sign up. You're just, you're part of an, you know, this anonymous entity kind of thing. And there, but there are people that are leading factors in this, but if you, you can see that there are people that tried to abuse the name who weren't really part of it or that kind of thing, doing it for wrong reasons, but they just quickly got ignored and pushed off because they're not, they're obviously not fighting for, you know, they're fighting for a two party paradigm issue and that's not what anonymous is about, you know? And so it's really interesting, but that's a broad idea, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you can see that their actions have been directed at establishment. You know, at least the ones that I find to be legitimate. But it's just, again, it's just anybody. I, some guy could wake up tomorrow, put on a mask, and do some kind of a hack, and say that this was an anonymous thing, and it would go down as that because he said so. You know, it's just really a kind of a, a nebulous idea. But no, just to make. I don't think it's even close to QAnon. I think it's a more of a revolutionary movement within the kind of hacker community.
0: That's fascinating to, to see the difference and get your take on that because, um, yeah, they 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 have this. They have this kind of correlation if you don't understand it. I don't understand much about about, um, uh, the anonymous stuff um, because I didn't really look into it that much. But um, what I really want to end it with is how do you... If you want the listener to know anything right now, I mean, there's so much confusion out there. What precise understanding would you like people to take away from from the work that you do right now in this completely weird, topsy-turvy, inverted world?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, there's so many things, you know, so many ways you could go. I mean, I think the most important thing right now is that it's it's never been more clear, in my opinion, that whether we're looking at history or current actions, that the kind of government entities – let's just, for my sake, stick to the U.S. government – that it's very clear that there are – dishonest actions being taken right now very very clear whether we're talking numbers or misrepresentations of science or removing your rights or anything else passing laws that have to do with covid under the guise of covid creating some kind of massive multi-billion dollar bailout plan that they planned before this started and selling it to us as a covid19 plan you know these are these are things that we need to see and make and make and allow us to Evolve our opinion of the situation to see that it's always been this way. That this isn't some new development. It's not just Donald Trump. It wasn't Obama before him. It was all of this. It's a broken entity, a broken system. And what we need to see is that none of this will change. None of it. The rights will keep being taken away. We'll keep fighting amongst ourselves as they push the agenda forward until we can see that we are not fighting each other. It's them that we should be fighting. And you can say they, them, the hierarchy enslaving you. There's an acronym for you. So people say, they, who does that mean? The hierarchy enslaving you. That's what it means, right? They are the people, the entity, the the deep state, the shadow government that is achieving their individual agendas as well as some massive overarching plan to control you, right? And until we can see past the political division, that will never change. Hopefully that can get through to some people.
0: Absolutely. That's, That's the best place to start, isn't it? um where can people find your work ryan and and connect with what you're doing and 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 sort of follow all your work and and uh yeah websites anything like that social media
1: uh, well, The Last American vagabond.com is my main, main website. Um, we're about to, like you mentioned earlier, we're about to switch over to an independent server as well for the same exact reasons because our website's been attacked by GoDaddy and all kinds of other things. My podcast right now won't even play because of them, but love the story. But you can search us on the Last American vagabond.com You'll find all the different links and everything there or any alternative platform out there, including the main ones too, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all that. But just search TLA Vagabond pretty much anywhere, and you'll see it pop up.
0: So what's been I'll end on this, what has been the most the shocking most shocking thing that's happened to you within all of this scenario in the last six months? What has really kind of gone oh well I didn't see that coming?
1: I I mean I think it just kinda of goes back to the same idea that I, I really I would not have said we'd be here right now. I just, I if I had to guess, I would have argued that this would be way it would do exactly what it is doing. That people are going, whoa, like even Trump supporters are going, what? He just funded Gabby? What? What? You know, it's like people are kind of waking, breaking free of it a little bit. But I would argue that the most alarming thing for me has been the de- the the I guess demolition, the destruction of our entire normal society. I mean, well, normal is a bad choice of word, but you know the fact that our businesses are destroyed. You know, our, our families are, our, our, I mean, everything we thought was normal. I mean, we have to realize that going forward from here, I mean, just maybe make it clear. I would say the psychological aspect is the thing that I'm talking about right now. Going forward, imagine what will be different. I mean, even if you want to pretend this is temporary, which it's clearly not. I just actually tweeted this morning, uh, Larry Fink from the CEO of BlackRock was just openly talking about how COVID is just another kind of permanent fixture in our political sphere. Yeah, like oh, it's, but it's temporary, right, guys? It's gonna be right there with climate change. You're talking about how these things will be shaping, or if it's like oh, it, this is something that is not going away because they, whether that was the plan or not, they recognize that it's an easy control, uh, you know, function here for us. But it takes, I think, only so many days in a row to actually develop a habit. It may be a little bit longer than that, but I talked about this previously. So think about how long this has been going on. That we are doing things differently, our daily lives, the way that we get up, the way that we work, the way that we interact with each other. This will have lasting effects for decades. And, and I, I mean, it's and that is crazy alarming to me. The lack of human interaction, the lack of contact, empathy, right? All these things that are going to be lost because of that. I mean, it's just that that scares me. And that's why I'm fighting so hard against this, whether it's mass or any of it, because I don't believe we should allow them to remove our humanity for their technocratic plan.
0: Yeah, it's an abuse on a global scale, and it's going to have global, ever-reaching, decades-long fallout. Like all abuse does, it changes the person, and it changes the people, it changes the shape of the world. And this has changed the shape of the world, um, for not for the good reasons, but it does mean that we have an opportunity, like anything, to get up, push on, and become something bigger, better, and stronger, and it needed to fall down it depends on what we build it a backup as and uh, we have the numbers and it's always the biggest thing for me we have nearly nine billion people on the planet now and that terrifies the life out of them so if we can wait mm-hmm. one more up at a time guys thank you for listening iconic.com's glitching the code i'm here with ryan for the last american vagabond it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you really lovely to meet you and um, i'm a big follower of your work we share a lot of your work on davidlight.com and there's people that you've introduced as well into this in this um sort of work like the whitney webs of the world um you should be very proud of all the work you're doing and i i I'm, it's an honor and a pleasure to chat to you mate
1: thank you i really appreciate that. honor to be here man Hi guys welcome to
0: Glitching the code